0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us, and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. Fantastic! I love what you guys are doing. I love the changes that are taking place, and I really look forward. I'm going to be there. I'm hoping to be there at the first Sunday. I'm going to try and be there on the Sunday. Yeah. Only because of the bouncy castle. Uh, fantastic. Let me get... Right, now I've got to turn this thing on. I always turn this, this countdown on and uh, so that when it hits an hour, I know I should start slowing down. Well, it is good to be with you uh, this morning, and um, I want to share from the passage of Scripture that uh, Pastor Jason shared with me. I don't call myself pastor anymore, by the way. I'm still credentialed, funnily enough. They haven't taken it off me. Um, but I want to read from Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 6 to 8. Uh, which is your theme scripture for this month. He said, you've stayed at this mountain long enough. It's time to break camp and advance. Advance, I'm a Kiwi. Okay, Australians, you can advance, but we'll be advancing. Uh, Go to the hill country. Look, I'm giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it. What an inspiring message that God is calling you to advance, that God is calling you to a new season. I tell you, it's scary when you move to new seasons. Uh, because often you're leaving stuff behind. You've got to come into whole new things. And what's familiar and secure sometimes goes out the door. But I actually love this this passage. The book of Deuteronomy, it's an interesting book. It's, it's something you want to read in, in one sitting. Uh, because Deuteronomy is, is like the final sermon of Moses. So Moses had been leading the people of Israel for 40 years. And God had spoken to him and said, I want you to advance to a whole new place. You're going to go into heaven. And uh, I want you to hand over... Uh, the leadership role to Joshua uh, and then he wrote this message he he shared this sermon with all the people together giving the history uh, of their time in the wilderness so uh, he's sharing this passage and uh, he starts with this passage and he says you know there's a time where God spoke to us that we were to break camp and advance now the interesting thing about this passage is that the generation that were listening to that message didn't advance they, they didn't go in. They, they, they decided not to go in, and the Bible says it was because of their unbelief. So then you go to the next chapter, and like God revisits the people with the same message at the end of 40 years. Deuteronomy 2, 1-3. Then we turn and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, just as the Lord had told me. And we circled Mount Seah for many days. Many days, read 40 years. It was a long time. And we circled Mount Seah for, for many days, and the Lord spoke to me saying, you have circled this mountain long enough, to turn northward. So God comes to another generation. I think that's really exciting for two reasons. Number one, God is the God of the second chance. So, so if you once advanced and, then, and, and, and you, you kind of failed, God comes again just like he did to Jonah and say, the word of the Lord comes a second time. Well, this is the word of the Lord coming a second time to the people of Israel. And it's like God is saying, I want you guys in the promised land. So I'm going to bring a word again. You've circled this place. You've been here long enough. And uh, the other thing I love about this particular verse is that it's to another generation, which means that God is a generational God, that, that God visits upon each generation to bring His love, His purposes, and, and, and a word of faith. So, so in this passage of Scripture, God is saying, you circled this mountain long enough. 40 years. Could you imagine that the, the people of Israel, they had been in a season of wilderness for 40 years. Forty years. Anybody been through a season of wilderness? <laughs> maybe a few months. Maybe a few years. Maybe a few decades. And here's the word of the Lord coming to these people who have been through a season of wilderness for 40 years. And it's like God turns up and he says, enough. Long enough. That's over. And this is what I think God is saying to not only you as a people of God, but as individuals that have been walking through a season of wilderness for a long period of time. And God's just turning up and saying, it's over. I really pray this morning you be able to get that into your spirit. It's over. That, that season of disappointment, of discouragement, of pain, of wilderness, of not having enough, whatever. Guys, it's over. There's a new thing happening. There's a new day coming. And, and admittedly, that, that's a word for you as a church, but a church is made up of individuals so every single person here this morning, God's word for you is, it's over. And that, that word, it's over, sometimes it's for difficult seasons, sometimes it's for good seasons. In our situation, we'd, we'd had 15 years in Dunedin, we had pioneered churches before that. It wasn't a bad season, it was just over. And sometimes the word of the Lord will come to you and said, you know, you've, you've circled this mountain long enough. It's over. It's time to move on. And I guess my question to you this morning is if God turned up to you individually. Say, say the Spirit of God is here this morning. <laughs> just, just, let's just imagine. Well, he yeah, is, right? And imagine the Spirit of God walked up to you this morning, looked you in the eye, and said, The mountain that you've been circling, it's over. You've circled this mountain long enough. Yes. Here's my question. For you as an individual, for you as an individual, what mountain? What mountain? What's the mountain that you need to move on from? See, the interesting thing here is that I look around this building. I look at all the stuff you've got. It ain't going to fit in the new place. Some of the stuff you can't take with you, right? You're going to have to leave it behind. can't have two pulpits, two stages, two buildings, two lots of seating. There's some things that has to be left behind. There's a mountain that needs to be left behind. So I want to ask you this morning, what is the mountain... That you need to leave behind what is it that you've been circling the mountain you've been circling going round and round and round and round and God is saying come on you've been coming around this mountain for long enough what mountain I, I don't know maybe for you it, it, it's 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 Mount poverty some people circle Mount poverty long enough it's, it's like you know you know what it's like where you just never have enough where your credit cards are full and you've got, you've got bills on, the, on the, the bench at home and you just can't get them paid, you just can't seem to get ahead financially, you can't get the breakthrough, and, 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 and you've been living in the season of poverty, and the word of the Lord would come to you this morning and said, you know what, you've circled that mountain long enough, you need to go northward, you need to get out of here. We went through times like that, we, we pioneered churches. So I think we, we must have pioneered about five churches in our time. And, and, and back in my day, I, I tell you, you didn't get sent out with money or anything. You just got sent out with a guitar and, uh, and a Bible. That was it. And as I said to my friend here this morning, I couldn't play the guitar very well, but I learned three chords. Hosanna, Hosanna. You remember that? So we get through the praise and now we're going to do worship. Hosanna. You're going to slow it down, you know. But man, we, we were so broke. I, my, you know, we, we literally smelled, you know, lived on the smell of, of fish and chips. Had to bring that in, being a Kiwi. we go past the fish and chip shop and I'd say to the kids, breathe in, kids, you know, this fume, that's dinner, you know. It was like, we were, we were just continually living in poverty. I remember one time my wife Sharon, she was doing the gardens and she, she was having a little moan at God. I, I'm a little bit more God-fearing than Sharon. She was like, God, I can't even, like, I, I just want to mind some bark on my gardens. Can't even afford bark on my gardens that afternoon. One of our congregation turned up with all these bags of bark. I mean, who who would even imagine? He said, "Oh, Sharon," he says, "Uh, "I was taking bark off my gardens, and I thought, well, you might like some of it, so he put it in the bags and delivered it. Bark." I mean, God was just saying, "Girl, I got this covered, right?" But but for many years, I remember we got to a point we were living in this wee little two bedroom house. It was a small two bedroom house, and and it had this wee little bathroom. So I took everything out of the bathroom and gutted it and made this wee little bedroom, a third bedroom. Just all it fit was a single bed, and then we put our bathroom into the laundry. So we had the laundry with a shower and a toilet in it. Just and I remember it was around that time, and I just said, "God, it's." I really felt like God saying to me, "You circled this mountain long enough. You've lived in poverty long enough." And we really put out. We, we we said, "God, give us a word. We don't want to circle it. It just wasn't right." I get up every Sunday morning, you know, over the offering. Come on, let's, yeah, as as we give and as we sow, God's going to bless you. And then I go back home to a little three-bedroom house that had really hardly room for the five of us. I remember saying, "God, it's just enough." And that 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 word of faith came into my heart. This would be—I think Hannah must have been. Well, she's—I don't even know how old is she. She's thirty, I think. Yeah, she's thirty. So this must be probably. 20 plus years ago. And and it, it became a spirit of faith that said, We're not going to circle this mountain anymore. And we went to God and said, God, you need to give us a word because I will not put my family in poverty any longer. It's just too hard. I've served you. We've, we've planted churches. We've been faithful. And, and, you know, long story short, maybe I'll, I'll share it at, at another another time if I ever get invited back. You never know. Um, but God just gave us a revelation, gave us a step and said, this is how you're going to do it. Tell you, it was hard. It was a tough call, actually, because part of what God called us to do was give him our salary for a year. So God, really, get us out of poverty. Yes. Yeah, okay, I want you to give your salary away for the next 12 months. Uh, I think you misinterpreted my prayer, you know. <laughs> you gave me the opposite. And, and not only that, we weren't allowed to tell anybody. We didn't tell the church. We didn't let anybody know. We just went off salary and said, "God, we're going to trust you for a year," and it broke something over our lives. Never been in that level of poverty, and, and you know, but there just comes a time where you have to say, "What's the mountain that God wants me to move on from?" What's what's your mountain? Yeah. Maybe it's Mount bitterness. Maybe it's Mount offense. You know, you've been whinging and this person hurt me and that person hurt me and. And, and it's not fair. And, and, and anybody know what I'm talking about here? And you start recycling in your brain at night. You know, man, if I just had my say, this is what I'd say. Have you circled that mountain long enough. And, and can I say, you know, you, you don't have sole, sole ownership of that real estate. We've all been hurt, right? We've all been hurt. We've all, we've all been, been hurt by people who we, we thought loved us and, would stay by us and would believe in us. I mean, you know, I, I, I've, I've had my share. Every time I go through security at airports, I, every, all the alarms go off and it's just all the knives in the back, you know. It's kind of like, I can't get them out. But there just comes a time, honestly, if you're walking around with offense and bitterness, where well, the word of the Lord came and said, you've circled that mountain long enough. Hebrews chapter twelve, verse fifteen: See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God, and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile. You become a defiler if you start living around Mount Offense and and bitterness. It's time to move on. Maybe it's Mount Depression. I circled around that one for a while. I circled around Mount Depression and and uh, dark seasons of the night. And and you know the reality is I chose not to camp there, but boy did I circle you know for us and our family you know it's a bit of a family trait it's something which has visited on all of the members of my family my brother I think I've shared with you before committed suicide when he was 26 and I was 25 and my best mate but I know what that feels like I know what it feels like to feel like you're so hopeless and that this season will never be over and this is you know there's only going to be a few people that may understand what I'm about to say but when you're lying in bed at night and you cannot see, it's like, it's like the future just, just looks like this will never change. And you even start to think thoughts that are really, really bad. And I remember for so long I'd be saying, God, this will pass. I will feel better. I will improve. I'll get through the season. And, and there, just, you know, there just comes that spirit of faith when, when you get so, I've circled this mountain long enough. I've circled this mountain long enough. And uh, there's a whole story about how God broke that over, over my life. But, you know, I, I don't know what, what it is for you. What's, what, what do you need to leave behind as you guys go into the new su- this new season? What's the mountain? Maybe it's Mount Loneliness. Maybe it's Mount McDonald's. Mount Burger King. <laughs> you know, Mount, what's that place we go? No, sorry. <coughs> Do you know he's got his own his own his own table right there down at the Barillo's. It's like, it's like, he just lives here. He just you know. Maybe we've got to leave Mount Oh no no, we no, we won't go there. Maybe it's Mount Too Much Television. you, you, you know what. It. Maybe it's Mount Pornography. Mount drinking too much. Mount Grumpy. You <laughs> I get a little dick. You circled it long enough, guys. Mount too busy to spend time with your family. There just comes a time when when you're moving on, you realize, I can't take all this with me. You've circled this mountain long enough, it's time to turn north. Why why did they need to go north? Let me briefly give you two reasons. Number one, the the Sinai Peninsula, where they'd been circling, was beside the Dead Sea. Think about that. They'd been circling a mountain beside the Dead Sea. And, and there comes a time when the mountain that you're circling, there's no life for you there anymore. It's really hard to produce life with an addiction to pornography. It's really hard to produce life and fulfill your vision when you've got this, this poverty thing you're circling all the time. You just can't seem to break out of it. It's really hard. There's, there's times where you have to move on because there's no life here anymore. And for us, you know, as I say, it's not always a bad mountain. We, we were in a good season. We, we loved our church. We loved Eden, to be honest. I never ever thought I would move on. But the moment that God said you need to move on to a new place, to a new thing, a new season, there was no life anymore for me to stay. The grace of God was no longer on. It became a dead sea. It became a dead sea. The second reason why I think sometimes we need to move on is that north of this place was the promised land. And it was a little bit like the people of Israel were being given a choice. said, you can stay at this mountain, or you can move on and enter into your promised land, but you can't have both. You can't have both. And, and here's what I want to say to you today. There, there's a promised land for you. This, this passage came to generation after generation after generation. Go in, take the land, take possession, be, be, become victorious, advance. But there's always this, this caveat that says, but to go there, you need to leave here. And, and to go there, you need to leave behind your addictions, To go there, you need to leave behind your offences. You need to leave behind whatever your mountain is. Sometimes it's like you can take the promised land, or you can keep this little thing here that you're holding on to, but you can't have both. You can't have both. I I tell you what: when we when we left uh, Dunedin, when we left our season, it was my whole identity had been built into the ministry. I entered the ministry in 1984, 22 years of age. 2009, look, it's probably, it was 25 years of being a pastor, of being a minister, of being everything about my life was built. And then it was like God said, Turn to the Gentiles. And the reality is, if, if I didn't leave what I was doing, I couldn't be in the promised land that I'm in today. You just got to make a choice. So, so what, what are the reasons that we don't enter into our promised land? Why would we stay around the mountain? The reason is unbelief. The thing that stops us moving to new seasons uh, with the people of Israel, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, that they entered not into their, their rest because of unbelief. And I want to close out with some thoughts today around faith. Because I think at the end of the day, the key to moving forward, to the breakthrough in your life, it will always come down to a spirit of faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the writer of Hebrews, whoever that was, said, Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder. Of those who diligently seek him. So, so this, this, this passage kind of begins with this thing guys, what's going to get you to the other side? What's going to get you into this new season? Because I, I've got to be honest, when I sit down with, uh, with Pastor Jason and we have coffee together, all I see is a new season. I see a whole different spirit of, of a different anointing on this church a whole I love even some of the, the wording of that letter about uh, different community kind of expressions across Aubrey and Madonga and Victoria I can see God is doing a a new thing, and yes you 're going to leave some things behind, but it 's all about faith and, and it says here without faith it 's impossible to please God. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is, it's even more than the currency of heaven. It's the atmosphere of heaven. So, so the Bible is saying, you've got to have this thing of faith permeating with it. You've got to be able to get up in the morning and say, you know what? I can do this. I can get across this, this thing. I can, I can leave that mountain behind. I can get a breakthrough. I can come into a new season. It's like the spirit of faith. I could walk on air if I just take one more step. I'm sure I could. Faith. Spirit of faith. And, and, and without faith, in fact, even Jesus, you know, he's wondering. He's looking around and saying, man, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? When the Son of Man returns, will he, will he find faith in Gateway Life Church? Like a spirit of faith? It's like, or, or, yeah, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith in you? That, that spirit of faith. And then he goes on and says, and the right of something really unique then happens. He says, "Let me explain to you what faith is. For he who comes to God must number one believe that he is, That's simple faith. Number one believe that he is. Now I, I reckon, congratulations, most of you are there, right? You believe. How many here believe that God is?" Come on, give me a little wave. You believe God is. In fact, you could even add to that. God is love. God is peace. peace. God is righteous. righteous. God is. Righteous. So God is. You kind of got that, right? So it says, for he who believes, must, must, who it comes to must believe that God is and. Oh, no, there had to be a catch. There had to be a catch, right? Believe that he is. And believe that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In my experience, most of us get the first one, but struggle with the second. Most of us don't have a lot of trouble believing that he is. But the longer we walk with Jesus, and is it okay to get a little bit honest here this morning? You are okay with that? When you start out in faith, you know it's like God's yeah, man. I used to, when I got saved, honestly, I, within a week I was preaching on the street. I was telling everybody I would go to all of the parties because I was a bit of a party animal in those days, and, and I'd be talking to different people. And if I found out that they're a Christian, oh, yeah, okay, let me go find somebody else. And I was so filled with faith and so filled with God is, and that, and, and you know what? God could do anything. Amen. God can do anything my brother committed suicide. Maybe he doesn't do. Why? Someone gets up and she's a testimony about how they're about to take their life. And then just at the moment, somebody walked in and said, why didn't that happen to my brother? And, and I believe that he is. But the rewarder part, just something kind of a little crack appeared. But I believe that he is. And then, then we got hit with poverty, man. We went through some dark times. I honestly I would drive my car on E for enough. And I gotta be honest with you, there were a number of times I used to hitchhike with my family left in the car. So I believe that he is, but I don't know. A little crack starts to appear a little bit more. You descend into maybe God has favorites. I believe that he is. Then you pray for something you really, really believe in God for, and, and he, he didn't. And he, 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 you know, then you go through a divorce. One of your kids dies, you get made redundant, you go bankrupt. And, and what I thing happens is that we start off with, with he who comes to God must believe that he is. And, and, and we think, yeah, God is, and God rewards, and then God is, and God didn't. God is, and then God doesn't. And I was talking to a friend re- recently, just, just last week, actually, and we we're talking about faith and, 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 and maintaining this belief that God rewards those who diligently seek Him. And, and this person said to me, do you know what? He says, i, I just got to be honest with you. I think God has favorites, and I'm not one of them. I feel like, God, you know, I I hear all these testimonies and amazing things that take place, but I have difficulty today believing that he rewards those who diligently seek him because I diligently seek him and I don't seem to get rewarded. It it just doesn't seem fair. It's a little bit like this this slow leak in your tire that you start off pumped about Jesus, pumped about God and his ability to do everything. But over time and over experiences and some things don't go our way, we start to think, well, maybe God isn't as kind as I hoped he was. Maybe he doesn't want to reward me. Maybe he wants to reward others. So, so faith pleases God. Faith is the essence of God's favor, and faith is the key to moving into the promised land. But what happens when we've been hit so many times? And we struggle to believe that he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's a, it's a true question, right? Anybody here thinking, well, that ain't me. I, I'm so filled with faith. God wants to bless me. Yeah, a few of us are thinking maybe this is a little bit hard. This guy, father had, had a son. The Bible says he was severely demon-possessed. And uh, you know the story of Jesus with, with uh, James, uh, Peter and John. I think we're up the mountain, Mount Transfiguration. They come down, and this father had brought his son to the to the service, to the revival meetings with the disciples. <clears throat> they couldn't they couldn't get him healed. They couldn't fix him. Mark chapter nine, verse twenty. They brought him to Jesus and. When he saw him immediately, the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long has he been like this? How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. Imagine this guy. It sounds like he was a godly man. The son from childhood, and I reckon he'd been everywhere. He'd probably been to the doctors. I reckon he would have been to the temple, asked the priests and probably offered a few sacrifices, maybe given a bit of money, been to some psychologists. He's been everywhere. And now he brings it to the revival because he says, hey, there's miracles happening down, you know, at the Sea of Galilee. There's, this, there's miracles going on down there. And he brought him to the meeting. And, and he probably saw everybody else getting healed. Probably saw everybody else getting miracles and breakthroughs. And the disciples were, you know, cooking madness. It's a great meeting. Brings up his son fully expectant that God was going to heal him, and just nothing happened. No breakthrough. I believe that he is, but I'm not so sure he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He must have favorites, and I'm not one of them. But anyway, Jesus comes down. He says, Well, this has got to be better. Jesus is here now. He'll get a miracle. Brings him to Jesus. What happens? The kid manifests starts thropping at the mouth, starts throwing himself into the fire. I mean, it gets worse. And it's like, oh, I can't believe this. Why don't I get my breakthrough? Why don't I get my, my, my miracle? He says to Jesus, often he was throwing him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But he said, but, but if you can do anything, have Compassion. And others saying, Jesus, be kind. I, I've been everywhere, man. Just have some compassion on us and help us. Oh, and Jesus said something which oh, I don't believe. Don't you hate it when people say this? If you just had enough faith. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Lord, I believe, part one. Help me with my unbelief over part two. Lord, I believe that you are. You are God. You are healer. You are love. You are. Uh, I have a bit of trouble over being the rewarder of those who diligently seek you because of my experience. Lord, I believe. But I've got this unbelief thing happening. I tell you what, I've got some great news for you this morning. A man who said, I believe in part one, but I struggle with part two. It was enough faith to get a miracle. Lord, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Bang, you get a miracle. And I want to say to you today, it's actually okay. There you go. I'm winding down. I want to say to you today it's okay to struggle with unbelief and still have faith and it will still give you a miracle and can I say something to you about Gateway Life Church Gateway Life Church is a safe place to have imperfect faith Gateway Life Church is a safe place to struggle and be honest and not have to come every Sunday morning you know And then go home weeping and God, oh, I don't know, getting my miracle. It's a safe place to believe and yet struggle with unbelief. God gave him his miracle. Maybe you have questions. Maybe you have prayers that weren't answered. Maybe you even believe that God let you down. But if you can believe that he is and even struggle with the idea that he rewards those who diligently seek him, telling you what? You qualify for a miracle. It doesn't require perfect faith. If you struggle like that, can I be honest with you? You just live on planet normal. You know these guys that walk around with perfect faith? Ain't true. It ain't true. You're just a little bit like Elijah in the cave. Right? Fire from heaven, killing prophets, bringing revival and then struggling in a cave saying, God, I'm the only one here. Lord, I believe. I struggle with unbelief. You're like Peter walking on the water. Yeah! Sees the waves start to sink. You're like Job. Though you slay me, yet will I serve you. But why? But why? Let me share with you one more verse, and then we'll close. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Do you know what I believe? I think we're called to believe that he is, and to believe that he's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And when God makes us wait, he is perfecting our faith. He's just perfecting our faith. As you leave this mountain behind, you think, man, how do I walk away from this poverty, from this depression, from this loneliness, from whatever it is that you need to leave behind? Can I say to you that God is kind, that God loves you. And that, Lord, if you're willing, have compassion on me, that God is willing to see you through. Why don't you stand with me? If I have a musician, maybe the guitarist. I actually asked him for some lessons this morning. You never know. Father, I pray this morning for every person in this building. Lord, for those that are watching online. And I want to I speak into your spirit this morning and say, without a doubt, That in some area of your life, you've circled this mountain long enough. That wilderness season, it's over. The word of the Lord is coming into your world. The word of the Lord is coming over your poverty, your depression, your loneliness, your failure, your addictions. And saying you have circled this mountain long enough. And that God will take you across. You know what? The people of Israel, they needed a miracle to get away from that mountain. They need a miracle at the Jordan. They need the waters to part, to walk across on dry ground. They need a miracle. And I want to tell you today that God is still in the business of miracles. And even though your experience tells you that God feels unkind, he's just perfecting your faith. He loves you with a great passion. He loves you. He is for you. Just open your heart right now. Open your spirit. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. You know, there was times in my world, and as I shared this morning, standing in a morgue beside my, my brother who had gone, why, why, why God? He didn't answer that question. He didn't need to. He just said, cry believe. Keep loving, keep serving. Keep serving." I think I shared with you before in the witness stand at my father's trial that sent him to prison as a witness for the prosecution, confused, God, why have you put me in this situation? Why am I here? How do I? Why, why, why?" He didn't answer my question. He just said, "Believe." Keep believing, right? Keep standing. Keep standing. I remember part of our our leaving Dunedin, New Zealand, my wife Sharon was completely burnt out, so burnt out. She couldn't speak straight. Couldn't put a sentence together. God, why? We've served you. We've loved you. We've... Why? Keep believing. Keep believing. God is. God is. There's, There's people here this morning really struggling financially. You have for a long time. Oh, faith. I believe for faith. This mountain, this season, you've circled it long enough. Lord, I break this root of poverty and need over people's lives. I pray for revelation. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for for increase financially, for promotions, for new jobs, for businesses to be under the hand of, of favor. Lord, break the cycle, break the cycle, break the cycle financially. Break it right now. If this is you right now, I want you to, to have a heart that says God is, and God rewards me because I diligently seek Him. And, and you know, there's somebody here right now, and you're saying, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand, Graham. I'm really on it. I'm a sinner. I mess up. That's why God doesn't reward me. No, 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 no. God doesn't say that He's of the perfect. He says He's of those who diligently seek Him. His, his blood, the blood of Jesus Christ washes away your imperfections. He just asks you to be diligent, to seek Him. Father, break break depression right now. There's somebody here today and, and, and man, you understand what I say when you lie in bed at night and those dark seasons come upon you and you just feel like dying. You feel like nothing will ever improve. I want to pray right now. Would you open your heart, whoever you are, open your heart right now. In the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of depression and suicide over your life. I break it. We break the curse, even if it came from previous generations. We break the curse of depression and and suicide and and, and, uh, that death wish that sometimes visits us in the night. I break it in the name of Jesus. In the name of... Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let God reward you today as you diligently seek Him, as you diligently seek Him. Lord, I pray over this church this morning. I pray over Gateway Life Church. And Lord, we're going to physically step up and move out of this building but we're going to leave some stuff behind. We're going to put it in a, no, we won't put it in a garage sale because we don't want anybody else to have it. But there's some things that we're going to leave behind. We're going to leave behind our addictions. Come on, guys. Break that spirit of idolatry that comes through in pornography. Let's leave that behind. Let's not take that into the new season. A bit of repentance, a bit of confession, a bit of help, a bit of, God, break this thing over my life. Be accountable. Come on, let's let's leave that behind. That mountain, you can't camp around that mountain and also go into your promised land. Lord, we leave behind our addictions, our depression, our poverty, our loneliness. By faith. It's a new season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's show some love. Thanks, Graham. Thanks. Holly. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.